All right, let's get started. Welcome to Gym Life Podcast, Fit Jacked and Stacked. Arnold edition, I guess you'd call this one, the Arnold Classic edition. Um, we are uh, fresh off, or I'm fresh off the uh, Arnold trip uh, here at the Arnold Classic down in Columbus, Ohio last weekend. And uh, let me tell you, it was a great, great weekend. We had a lot of fun down there. As you guys know, I was with ADL Live, and I was working with ADL, and Don invited me down to do a little, I guess you call uh, apprenticeship under the master himself. You know, Don Suze is the guy that uh, is a live streaming guru here in the United States, certainly with all the sports that we love and we're a part of. And uh, I've been blessed to have him on, uh, on, I guess, blessed to be on his team, of course, uh, not only that as a friend, uh, but also somebody that uh, he calls on to, you know, lend some of his wisdom and knowledge to and help him out with some of these shows. So I was blessed to get down there to the Arnold Classic and be a part of that. Um, so yeah, I'm back with as much information as my brain can possibly hold. Uh, it was a long five days. Uh, we worked a lot, but I had a chance to see a lot and be a part of a lot that was going on down there. Um, most exciting though, was just, you know, just the people like we talk about in our sports time and time again, uh, we meet great people and, um, you know, that's what makes this resonate with all of us is the personalities are involved not only on the sports side of things and the athletes, but we meet great people in general. And I'm going to give you a perfect example here. This show is dedicated to uh, my friends Mark and Melinda, uh, two people that I met down there. And this is a great story, guys. Uh, this is just something that I think we can all appreciate. Uh, Mark and Melinda, never met them before in my life, came all the way from North Dakota to come and watch the Arnold Classic this year and watch you know, the competitions, particularly the strongman competitions. Mark was a big fan of, and Melinda's a big fan of, the strongman scene at large, and not because he was ever a strongman, uh, or, or in any of the strength sports for that matter, but Mark's a big guy. Mark, I'll give you that. You're a big guy, and he's a weightlifter, and he's somebody that has been a part of sort of the lifting scene or the gym life, uh, you know, since, since, I guess, since his youth or since his younger days. So I guess what's really cool about this is uh, meeting two people that, you know, kind of came down to be a part of this with all of you who were competing at the show this year to see all of you and be fans of all of you. And I think that's really, really cool. Um, you know, I got, there's just a lot I got from meeting those two outside of them being probably the kindest, most wonderful people I've met in a long, long time. We developed a friendship instantaneously. I actually met them while I was having dinner on, uh, I think it was Saturday night and, uh, we were hanging out at the, uh, Barley Brewery across the street from the uh, venue, and they were they were sitting having dinner, and I was having dinner with one of my counterparts that was helping Don out, and uh, overheard them talking about Strongman, and I think, as a matter of fact, I overheard them talking about Victoria Long and Hannah Lindsay, uh, which I, of course, that resonates with me, because both those people I know, and, you know, Hannah's, I consider Hannah a good friend, and certainly Victoria as well, and uh, so I immediately said, hey, uh, you're talking about Strongman, Strongman, will you come to see them kind of thing, and they just said, no, you know, we're fans of the sport. We drove into town because we wanted to have a great weekend watching all these great athletes compete. And uh, I thought, wow, that's just super cool. And uh, we were gotten a bigger conversation about the event, bigger conversation about Strongman, of course, and uh, my podcasting and my, my actual uh, opportunity and the pleasure of, uh, that I've had over the last couple of years to meet all these great athletes that they were talking about. So I was sharing some stories with them, of course. Then I asked them what they might be doing later on uh, at the, you know, that night. And I invited them over to Brothers, which Brothers is, was the after party location 
of the, uh, I guess you'd call it the Arnold Women's Pro. That had finished, uh, well, men's and women's pro, but you know those pro guys generally aren't going to come over and hang out with any of us, any of us uh, little fellas, so to speak, and I guess we all have a, we all know how we feel about some of those big pros. They don't, they don't like hanging out with any of us. But in any case, uh, not all of you, of course. Uh, Evan Singleton was there, and of course I love Evan, and many of you think he's a bad guy. I think he's a great guy. But needless to say, uh, I think that's a persona that Evan uh, likes to carry with him, and I won't tell anybody, so pretend you didn't hear that. But in any case, uh, Melinda and Mark came over to Brothers, and uh, we're hanging out, and next thing you know, I'm sitting at the bar with them, and, and we're just, you know, drink after drink going down, and all these great athletes are walking in, and you know, I'm kind of pointing them out to who's who, and, you know, I was just a, it was just a very prideful moment. Uh, you know, having an opportunity to share to these, you know, two people I just met about the great sport that I love so much, that being strongman. But not only that, the powerlifting as well. There's a huge powerlifting contingency in there, and I was sharing all these athletes with them as well. And, you know, and obviously no bodybuilders were in there having beers with us, but we were talking about all that. And I think what was the coolest part about, you know, this whole opportunity to meet Mark and Melinda outside of them being good people and us becoming friends over the course of those couple of days was the fact that it just reminded me that sometimes we get so buried in our sports and we don't really have an opportunity to think about how this resonates with the general public. And some of us from time to time that are closer into the sports and the politics of the sports, we generally might get a little discouraged because we wonder when our sport's going to become more visible and when more people can get involved in watching what we love. And uh, it just I made me think about it, you know, these two – these two people came down from North Dakota. Uh, so those people exist and this sport or these sports are growing on a, you know, on an exponential level out there right now and resonating within the general lifting community and general public. And what's best about it is our athletes are becoming well-known, uh, you know, hearing them say Hannah Lindsay to me, you know, I take it for granted, you know, I take it for granted that I know Victoria long, like a lot of you do out there. You know, a lot of you, because these athletes are so uh, easily approachable, we get to know them, and they certainly allow us to be a part of their life, whether they know us or not, like a podcast guy or whatever. So we kind of take it for granted. You know, we think, well, this is just normal. But there's a whole other side of the public, the, the viewing crowd out there that doesn't know these people, and they, they look at their, their accolades and the things that they do and their accomplishments and their achievements in competition – and they start to become household names. And that's what I really loved about, you know, kind of what I got from meeting Mark and Melinda is they, they proved that to me, that, that our sports are all starting to resonate with everybody. And now we can see people being talked about outside of the normal circles that they're generally talked about in. So, yeah, Mark and Melinda, it was a pleasure meeting you guys. Uh, I have them on my uh, text already. We've been texting since the show. We've had an opportunity to uh, – to uh, talk a little bit about the podcast and everything we got going on here. Uh, and of course uh, I'm going to always bounce some fun stuff off them about what's going on in our community so we can get more uh, people like them involved in what we're doing and we'll keep them in tuned about what's going on. And they always, they already say whatever we can do to support everything you're doing. Uh, so I love that about, about them of course. And I love the fact they took me out to an awesome steakhouse the next night too, by the way. Oh my God, that steakhouse Hyde park in Columbus. Are you kidding me? Uh, it was just, probably the best meal I've had in five years, honest to God. So thank you for that guys. So, uh, Arnold, Arnold classic. Uh, 
let's get on to that show. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm probably gonna uh, talk you guys' ear off here a little bit. We'll clip some of it out, of course. But for those of you just kind of digging into this podcast and listening to it, um, listen to it. There's a lot of good stuff that I'm gonna throw at you here from uh, that event that I was a part of down there, and it was a good one. Listen, um, the Arnold Classic had a lot to prove in its 35th anniversary. Uh, it had a lot to prove whether or not it was actually going to stand the test of time down there. Well, well, that we'll talk about that in a minute, but they had a lot to prove the 35th anniversary because over the last few years, uh, they've totally shit the bed down there. Uh, it hasn't went well. Uh, people have been very disappointed about the product that they were presenting to everybody down there, the competitions and so forth. So they had a lot to prove, and they did it. Uh, I'll give them an A+. They did a great job pulling together uh, this this convention center that's always been you know, the hub of this classic and really representing well with uh, everything logistically speaking, of course, because what more can they do, right, than get the vendors in there and then, of course, get the competitions in there. And the rest of it's up to those vendors and up to those uh, organizations to promote these shows properly. They certainly had the right help to do it. And I know this team from the Arnold Classic, who I was a big part of all weekend, were lending every ounce of energy and every resource they could do to help give every one of these vendors and these organizations the opportunity to pull off a great weekend. And they did that. So that was great. It was a little bit different with the vendors. Uh, you're not seeing as many big names down there as we used to see. We're seeing a lot of startup companies, but maybe that's just a sign of the times. You know, there's a lot of our stuff is online these days, and you can't compare the old Arnold to the new Arnold when it comes to the amount of, you know, business or vendors it's generating because we live in a completely different world now. You know, so sometimes we have to step back and take a look at really what these expos really mean to a lot of these businesses and whether or not they want to spend the money and the resources to get their product out when there's so many other ways to do it at a fraction of the cost. So I, I don't blame that at all. It was still a full venue, and there were still a lot of cool vendors there that, you know, wanted to be a part of it and some vendors that historically have been a part of it, you know, since its conception. So that was cool. Uh, the way the venue was set up, uh, there was uh, – I, I loved it. We were next to the expo stage, right in the center of the expo. There was a main expo stage. Now, in the past, that stage has been used for a lot of things, including the Strongman Pro. Not anymore. There's different things that kind of follow up on that stage for the finals and that sort of thing or prejudging. So there was always something going on on that stage, which I loved because our compound was set up right next to it. We got to witness everything and see everything. Uh, so I got to see a lot of cool stuff that I wouldn't have seen otherwise that I'm glad I did and I can share with you guys here today. Um, as far as the rest of the venue was set up, the Rogue stage, of course, which is the big pro strongman pro women event, was on the other side of the venue. Uh, kind of had its own entrance point and that kind of thing because you had to buy a separate ticket to get into that. But outside of that in the pro bodybuilding, you didn't have to buy a ticket to see any of this stuff. And they had, of course, the what is that? The uh, jujitsu and the uh, the ultimate tag stuff. If you guys know what that is. They had arm wrestling. They had slap fighting somewhere. I thought it was going to be on the expo stage. It wasn't. Darn it. I wanted to see that. Um, they had, uh, of course, uh, Highland Games and CrossFit and USAPL was there, uh, other organizations as well, uh, United States Weightlifting. So those are all scattered throughout the venue. In large part, many of them were over on that right side, just over by that rogue compound. But uh, it was set up beautifully. Uh, it got really packed in there. Oh, Saturday, it was shoulder to shoulder. As a matter of fact, I remember talking to Nancy, Don's wife, and I was going to take a walk over to see what was going on in the strongman area. I walked about 30 feet. And I came back. I said, I nah, forget that. It's not even worth it. It would take me 30 minutes to get over there. 
And honestly, I'm not sure I would have seen an awful lot with the type of crowd that was there. But that expo stage was still kind of the place to be, so I wasn't disappointed. And we had the live stream running on all the events there, so whether I was actually there or not, the best seat was really in front of the computer screen because I got to see everything in full effect. So uh, very, very cool. But the bodybuilding, we'll start with that. The bodybuilding is, uh, of course, the staple, the mainstay of the Arnold Classic. Uh, since its conception, well, of course, thanks to Arnold Schwarzenegger, we know this. I don't have to tell anybody out there any history here. They don't know about the Arnold Classic. But I will say that over the years, the bodybuilding's kind of dried out a bit. It wasn't quite the show that used to be that was the premier show or the second premier show of the year that everybody wanted to do. A lot of times you would have your your champion, your Olympic champion, compete there, of course, and want to win both shows. There was something about competing at both shows and the lineup there was really there to kind of test your abilities against the best in the world. And over the years, it's gotten smaller and smaller and less, I wouldn't want to say recognizable names haven't been there, but certainly a bit more of the B crowd, if you will. And to no knock on any of those pros, they're all fantastic. This one, a little bit different this year. We had a lineup that kind of shaped up at the very end. I think early on in my podcast, you guys heard me talking about, uh, you know, the, the, six or seven guys that were in it and all of a sudden we had big rammy come in andrew jack samson dauda uh nick walker um uh, we had uh who else was in there i said big rami but you know sean Carita was already a part of it and many of these other guys as well so it really shaped up to be kind of a who's who again like we used to watch at the arnold classic uh this one was special it was special to me because you know you guys know i'm a well i'm not the biggest bodybuilding fan around but I've certainly I've grew up with the sport, and a lot of familiar names and faces, and I keep the, my finger on the pulse, certainly right now in the community, so I get a chance to really see what this is all about on a daily basis. Uh, and a guy that I interviewed on the Monica Brandt show uh, about four or five weeks ago was Samson Dauda, and uh, he was a, maybe one of the coolest interviews I've ever done. He is an up-and-coming, at that time, right, up-and-coming bodybuilder, placed fifth at the Olympia, arguably could have cracked that top three. Maybe wasn't in the best condition. He's a massive man at six foot one for bodybuilding. That's giant. And he's 294 pounds on the Olympia stage. Uh, so he's really big. And what's really awesome about Samson, and I've said it on my shows before, um, he's got one of the most gorgeous physiques you've ever seen. I, I say that, you know, humbly. I mean, he is a guy that's got the perfect bodybuilding body, it's absolutely perfect. Um, and that perfect body is, uh, once it gets chiseled, right. And once it gets the right muscle where it needs to be, nobody is going to beat this guy. That's the beauty of Samson Dauda. I mean, he is perfectly built to be a bodybuilder. He's only been doing it for five or six years now. And, uh, everybody's anticipating he's going to be one of the big names in the sport. I have zero doubt. Listen, I, I predict this guy's going to win the Arnold classic again, if he decides to do it, because more than likely he's going to win the Olympia next year. And he's my pick to win it. Now, mind you, there's some great bodybuilders ahead of him with certainly physiques that compare. Derek Lungsford comes to mind as a guy that he's probably going to have to work hard to beat next year. But when it comes to kind of his competition with Nick Walker, um, not so much. Listen, Samson won the show. Nick came in second. It's been said by Bob Ciccarello that if Samson Dauda comes into condition at any show, Nick Walker will never beat him. As much as I like Nick Walker, and I do, this is no knock on Nick, that's a fact. Nobody will ever beat Samson when he's in peak condition. Uh, with his structure and his physique, nobody will ever beat him. 
So with that said, uh, to no surprise, he won the show. Uh, and I, I consider him a friend. I've talked to him a few times. I got to him before the show. I got to him after the show. He's the most humble bodybuilder I've ever met in my entire life. And it was an absolute pleasure meeting this guy. It was so uh, surreal to begin with because he's just such a, uh, I mean, an ominous character. And he's on top of the world in bodybuilding, but he's the most humble guy I think I've ever met in the bodybuilding community as well. So having an opportunity to hang out with him for a minute, chat with him before and after the show was pretty special, and I enjoyed that. So congratulations, Samson Dauda. I think I finally got that name right. You guys know I like to butcher my names here. But the rest of the bodybuilding, I think that's really kind of where the flaw was. Drink of water here. <clears throat> a little cough. So the amateur show didn't quite turn out the way everybody anticipated, in large part because they just brought the amateur show on uh, probably about seven weeks after they said it wasn't going to be around. So a lot of people quit prepping for that show. A lot of people took it off their calendar, canceled their travel plans. So the amateur portion of the show was kind of, you had your one or two uh, really nice physiques, and then you had the rest of the guys were kind of you know, far away from that top end of the pack. I think the same thing could be said about every category in that show. Now, mind you, they took out figure. I don't know why. So that, oh, excuse me, <coughs> they had um, they had classic, they had wellness, they had bikini, um, they had fitness, they had uh, open bodybuilding, uh, and of course they had the classes of open bodybuilding. Uh, you know, all the different classes. So uh, the only thing I was missing was figure, and I'm not sure why they did that. And that, of course, made the show run a lot quicker because we know those figure classes could take up a lot of time. And maybe that was it logistically. They just felt like that was the best class to not put in the show because it was going to take up as much time as it probably would have away from something else. But it was kind of, uh, you know, it was here neither here nor there. I mean, the better shows out there are, the, you know, the the USAs and North Americans when it comes to guys that are competing at that level, in my opinion. I think a lot of guys nowadays would agree with me. Albeit you can still get your pro card from the Arnold. I don't think that's a, 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 a pathway a lot of bodybuilders are taking anymore. Uh, and to no surprise, um, maybe this year, maybe over the last few years, it has to be the best place to compete. Are they going to bring it back? I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say what they're going to come with every year with the amateur class, who's going to want to promote it and be a part of it, especially if the whole sort of Arnold Classic contingency is sort of pushing away some of these amateur classes, whether it's worth doing it or not. you got to remember, these promoters, this is an Arnold Classic promotion, so to speak. You have Gary Udit that comes in to promote the show, and whether it's worth his time to do it is based on what type of parameters or leeway that he gets through the Arnold Classic itself. So all that remains to be seen. But I will say it's it's a show that probably won't be around in Columbus for another three years at best. Um, to the contrary of popular belief, whether this show went off well or not this year, I think the the murmuring is that the Arnold Classic's probably going to go away. And they're giving it kind of a three-year timeline from people that I spoke with that were like, this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm hearing. A lot of people had the same thing to say. So ultimately, I think there's a little bit of truth out of everything when you hear that kind of consistency across the board. Um, it sounds like the Arnold's going to go away. That's going to be a sad day. Of course, the Olympia is loving that because the Olympia, of course, is going to be in Orlando, and they'll now be the biggest show technically on the East Coast or East Side of the country. So um, hopefully not. Hopefully I'm completely wrong and just making a bunch of bullshit right now. But I don't think so. I think ultimately it's going to go away, and when it does – um, there's always something else. Hopefully that'll come along and take its place because there's a huge contingency of people in the Midwest and at large, of course, that love to use that weekend down in Columbus. 
that have done it annually and annually trek down there to be a part of their year that I guarantee you, even if the Arnold Classic isn't there, that if another organization came in and wanted to do something similar, it would have, have huge success. Uh, certainly you can do things cheaper. Uh, they didn't cut any corners this year, I will say. Everything they did down there logistically was top-notch. Uh, but they make good money now. Listen, that pay-per-view last year made like $25 million, and I can tell you it was better this year because ADL was a part of it. Uh, they had 100,000 viewers just on the amateur show itself. So, I mean, if that tells you anything, 100,000 viewers for an amateur bodybuilding show? Listen, first off, that should be assigned to all you amateur promoters out there that there's value in live streaming your shows. So start thinking outside the box a little bit and quit getting in your own way with that. And a lot of them do, and there's a lot of them around me that still do. So let's think about that live stream. Also, too, um, their, their other parts of the show – when it comes to kind of the bodybuilding aspect of it, the bikinis, uh, the you know, the wellness, they weren't as big. The classic wasn't as big as a, I want to say, a uh, well, contingency or, or, or complement of athletes. I think we still only had seven or eight guys in the classic class, which I thought was amazing, by the way. I'm such a huge classic bodybuilding fan. Outside Samson, I, I mean, honest to God, these classic guys blow my freaking mind with how awesome their physiques look. I don't think there's a guy walking on the planet right now that wouldn't want to look like one of those guys in the offseason, even on stage for that matter. I mean, they are just perfect specimens of the human body. Uh, and I got to see them on the expo stage uh, for their pre-judging, I think it was. And uh, they were up close, man, and these guys look as big in person as they do in life. And I don't think a lot of classic guys are given enough credit as to how big they really are with that refined muscle that they put on their body, considering they got to work within a weight parameter to actually get the job done. So uh, needless to say, uh, Classic was awesome. Wellness, well, listen, you guys know that's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite event. And uh, I got to be, like, right there. I mean, I you know, the the, the wellness the, the was right in front of me, like literally right in front of me, as close as I've ever been to it. Uh, Angela Borges, um, one of my favorites, uh, phenomenally beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, I'm just taken back by her. I, she's in a league of her own. She took second last year at the Arnold. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, yeah, she took second this year to Cassandra Gillis, which I thought was a bit controversial. I mean, listen, I'm not a wellness judge. You know how I don't like bodybuilding judging to begin with. I think it's just subjective as all get up. Um, I thought that Angela was the winner of that show. Uh, but Cassandra looked great too. I mean, hey, listen, whatever works for that day, these women come in like in tip-top condition, at least those top two, top three did. I don't think judging that is the easiest thing in the world. I would say bodybuilding judging is way easier than wellness judging. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I have to get a judge on and talk about that. But, uh, yeah, so Borges. And, oh, you know what I noticed about the bikini class? They're all brunettes. Since when in the United States of America is an entire bikini class I get it. It's an international contingency. They're all brunettes? Really? Man, it's crazy. Yeah, all brunettes. And come to find out most of them are Latinas, which tells me then that the hottest women in the world all come from Latin America or Latin-type countries, right? Uh, whether that's uh, Brazil or I guess it is Latin America. What am I saying? I'm not a geography major. But in any case, uh, tons of women, wellness and bikini now, coming from those Latin countries, Latin America, Central America, South America, uh, are absolutely fucking gorgeous. They blow your mind. Uh, they do when you see them on the internet. And I tell you when they're in person, there's no filter there. 
and they look just as damn good. So, yeah, really, really cool. I think the uh, in closing of the bodybuilding, as I'm really rambling here, guys, I told you this is going to be a long show. Hopefully you guys enjoy it because I'm just giving you the breakdown of the Arnold Classic here today. We'll get back on to all that fun, rambling, ranting shit I usually do next episode, which will probably be Monday, actually. But uh, the best part about bodybuilding this year, the absolute best part, was the wheelchair division. Um, I, I tell you what, guys. There is nothing more inspirational and motivational to me than watching guys compete in that wheelchair division and getting an opportunity to watch them compete on that expo stage. You felt that energy, that positive energy that was coming from these guys. And what I really liked the most about that show was that, um, who's it, Nick, Nick the Beast. Nick, what's your last name? He won the wheelchair Olympia, but he was the actual commentator. Bob Chickerlow was up there, Nick was up there in his wheelchair. And come to find out, in the wheelchair division, if you guys didn't know this, it's actually two, I believe, two divisions. You have a... Both divisions are separated about where the spine or the loss of the ability of your movement in your lower extremity took place. Whether or not that was an injury that was in the lower part of your spine or middle to upper part of your spine. Because ultimately that has to do with nerve endings, which means that developmentally speaking, you would be in a different class by default. If your injury occurred higher, you couldn't develop your lower back, so it wouldn't be fair to be judged against um, these other guys, of course, that were injured differently than you. So that was real cool to find that out. See, I didn't know that. Uh, but was what was really cool about the show was they Nick, before every competitor came out, gave a backstory of that competitor, how he was injured, what his life was like before he got injured, how he got injured, and then, uh, of course, introduced who he was. And not a lot of backstory on how he got into bodybuilding. But you kind of just really had a lot of empathy towards all these guys uh, because it, it it just made you think, if that ever happened to me, like these guys weren't born this way. They were injured at some point in their life when they were already athletic or maybe, I'm assuming, right, most of these guys probably were athletic type of guys that doing something like bodybuilding would have been something they would have done had they had two legs. Um, and then find out after an accident that, hey, you can't walk anymore. You're going to be stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. I can't, uh, I can't think of any shittier spot to be in in my brain. Knowing what I'm capable of doing now with all my extremities, waking up the next day, finding out that I'm only half the band, and I, I mean nothing negative about that, but that's the way I'd feel, half the band I used to be. And these guys just persevered. And to see them up there on stage in the condition they were in and knowing all the hard work, not just to get in shape for bodybuilding, but the hard work it took mentally to get them back to a position where they even wanted to lift a fucking weight. Could you imagine that? It's absolutely nuts to me to think about the just the fortitude these guys got to want to lift weights and compete in bodybuilding, let alone just lift weights. Your life has changed. And, you know, it's just, I just, I have a ton of, I mean, a, a ton of feeling for that. It, it's just, it was just a special thing to watch those guys compete. It really was. And it's become my favorite class because of that, because I can appreciate what those guys went through. Um, God forbid I ever have to try it myself. God, I probably wouldn't be able to do it. 
I mean, there's just takes a certain kind of individual. And I'm not even sure if I'm that guy. And I talk a lot of shit like I'm that guy, you know. But until something like that happens, are you really that guy? I don't fucking know. I think a lot of us might be surprised we're not that guy. But these guys were that guy. Uh, the, this girl out there was as well. Uh, it was fun to watch. King Kong Kelly won to no surprise. If you guys didn't see the picture of this fucking guy, uh, he's a giant. He's a giant up top. Uh, it was very entertaining. One guy took the wheels off his chair and was doing a lot of uh, calisthenics with his chair, and the crowd was behind him. And when you're near that expo stage and you're looking at this crowd, it was giant. Seven, 8,000 people were out there in front of these guys and all this other stuff that was going on there over the course of the weekend. So, <clears throat> excuse me, arguably the biggest show of the year for a lot of those guys, uh, outside maybe the Olympia, um, if in fact it was even that big, to be honest with you. Um, so the Arnold offers something special. Uh, that was one part of it that I just really, truly enjoyed. So to all you guys out there that are handicapped, that are dealing with these comeback stories, and I got friends, my friend Dwayne losing his leg, and other people that I've actually talked to since I started doing this podcast that are amputees that are out there trading their fucking asses off. Yeah, man. you, I, I'll give you everything I got. Because uh, it's amazing to me that you you have that drive uh, inside your spirit to want to actually get there, keep pushing weights, pushing yourself, where a lot of people would have just given up. So, uh, yeah, really cool opportunity, real cool experience, and that one I'm most grateful for in that bodybuilding outside of Samson uh, winning that uh, Arnold Classic. And honestly, Samson, I think you know I'll probably put you second because of that, uh, because I think you probably would feel the same way about these guys. So uh, in any case, that was the bodybuilding of the show. Oh, Lord, this is a lot. Hope you guys are still with me out there. Remember, Jim Life Podcast, Fit Jack and Stacked, one show to rule them all. Get onto uh, Instagram, follow us at uh, the Gym Life Podcast. Just do that, and you'll f- figure out everything else I do there. And I'm kind of consolidating a little bit because I really have an opportunity now. I've talked to a few people that are bigger up in the industry that are going to start doing some things with my show at the end of this year uh, that I'm really uh, really looking forward to kind of expanding this audience a little bit. Although you guys have been fantastic. Um, I, I, I think this show resonates with a lot of people out there and, it, and I'm glad it did with the people that I spoke to this weekend at the Arnold that loved the show that didn't know who I was, met me for the first time and said that, uh, they're big fans of the show. So thank you to all you guys out there. Got a good story to go with that. Actually, it's something a little bit different. This wasn't like a sponsor of businesses, but the, uh, I was at the brother's bar that night for that after party and I was waiting in line to, uh, to use the bathroom. And I heard this guy behind me he had like an Irish accent. Of course, I'm always curious where these folks are coming and who they're coming to see. So immediately I assumed it, well, it must be an Irish guy in a strongman competition because we know Matt, Matt McKeegan and all these other guys, right? I'm always biased like that. It's always in the strongman. So I asked him, I said, you guys here uh, to see anybody in particular? They said, oh, yeah, a buddy of ours is competing in the world's strongest firefighter. Uh, yeah, we're from Ireland. I said, yeah, I get that. You got a good accent, Irish accent. I said, you friends with Matt McKeegan? And they go, oh, no, 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 Matt, uh, no, not too good of Matt McKeegan friends. I said, oh, you know, kind of, I guess maybe a little bit uh, tribal over there. I says, why? I know Sean Diver too, or at least I've talked to Sean. Oh, yeah, 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 Sean Diver. We love that guy. We love that guy. So I got somebody right before they didn't like me. And uh, the guy says, uh, who are you? And I said, well, I, I'm, I do a podcast, Strongman Amateur, do a podcast. And uh, he said, what podcast do you do? I said, Gym Life Podcast. He goes, no kidding, the Gym Life Podcast. No kidding, he says. He called over all of his buddies. They all had my podcast on their phone. 
Uh, it was just the most surreal experience to know that there are guys over in Ireland listening to me ramble on with the shit that comes out of my mouth, and they enjoy it. So here's to you guys. Uh, I, I've got you. I'm waiting for you to post those pictures we took uh, in the uh, in the bar that night. We had a lot of fun. We did some shots. We bullshitted a bit about the strongman scene in general. Uh, it was a real cool opportunity to connect with these guys, and they were a lot of fun. And I'm sure I'll probably see them around somewhere for uh, you know, no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, especially if I go over to England. And I don't, I don't know if I told you guys that I'm speaking to those Irish guys that I plan on going over to England to be a part of that U90 Classic. And last I checked, there were some Irish guys in that show, so maybe we'll see you there. And if uh, you are there, then plan on going out to a local pub and let me buy you a few drinks this time. But post those pictures. I want to see those pictures. So that was real cool. That was an opportunity to just kick it with a few guys that I would have never met otherwise, thanks in large part to this podcast. So, man, if that's payment alone, right? I mean, how cool is this community that we're a part of? It is so fucking cool. So the strongman side of things, let's get to the strongman. Oh, boy. So much going on in the strongman. Well, first off, as you guys know, or, or maybe you didn't, on my social media, I was predicting a lot of these strongman categories because you know I'm that guy. I'm the strength whisperer. You know, I, I never get these things wrong. Actually, I learned a lot from Luke and CJ and, and Nick, of course, uh, and getting more familiar with these athletes over all those pro picks that we did for Clash last year. But, you know, a lot of these guys and gals weren't in any of those shows, and I was just using my ability to uh, come up with these perfect picks, if you will. Honestly, guys, you know it's like throwing darts at the broadside of a barn. You can pick any of these athletes. Most any night, you're probably getting get two of them right. But I did pick uh, Victoria Long to win the show. Um, she won it. And, and listen, Victoria Long, I said it before. I said it in my award show. I said it to her at, on my interview with her um, because she's too humble to admit it. She is the best strong woman on the planet Earth, hands down by far. Victoria Long is the, well, I put Rhea Lovelace up there with her, of course. In the open class, Victoria Long and, and Rhea share a common denominator. That's There's them, and then there's everybody else. And that's no knock on any other woman out there. As a matter of fact, all these women, some of my friends, some I haven't met before, would more than likely agree with me. Victoria Long is what everybody is shooting to be in this sport right now. And oh my, mind you, there are some women coming up that are going to be uh, – you know, on her heels very, very soon. And some of them were on their heels or on her heels this time around. Victoria had a tough go in day one. She took seventh place, I think, in day one. Um, I think a lot of people counted her out. I didn't. I had zero doubt, Victoria, whether you believe me or not. I said it on day two before it even started. You are going to win this show. You're going to come back from seventh place because every one of the events that you were ready to do, I thought you were going to dominate in, and I thought you won two of the last three and took second in one of the events. Uh, she is that good, guys. And if you haven't had a chance to watch Victoria Long live or on the live stream, uh, you need to watch her. The whole world needs to watch her. And I, what I love about this, too, guys, and this is something that analytically I can figure out a little bit with all my podcast interviews. When Victoria Long won the show, I think that night, a thousand people listened to her interview on my podcast. I mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. It means everything to the sport, though. And the fact that Victoria Long had a thousand new fans follow her or at least want to hear her story after that win so again there's another one of those things like mark and melinda that for you guys out there that are curious when this sport's going to get bigger guess what guys it's getting bigger we're almost there <coughs> excuse me 
So Victoria won. Rebecca Roberts, she came in second place. Holla fucking Luya. And I'm going to tell you why. Rebecca Roberts should have been invited to this damn show in the first place. So guess what, Rogue? You got it right by default because you got her here because Nadia got hurt. Hallelujah. Because otherwise, that was probably one of the biggest debacles of this show was not having Rebecca Roberts in the show to start. So thank God we had a chance to see her compete as one of the biggest and best in the world because she is, and she should have been there. And I, I, I'm, I don't want to get on a rant about Rogue. I'm not going to do it. But these invitationals can be a prop. They could be problematic where they're not doing the right thing to invite the right people, and they're only basing it off a popularity contest or who they think is good enough to compete. There needs to be some type of board of directors, but some type of committee or selection board, a group of 50 people, I mean, as many as you can get, that are going to vote on a group of women, 20 deep if you want, to figure out which ones are going to be there or not. Because when you have, when I understand, two individuals making these decisions, one of which has no business making these decisions. The other one, by default, I'll give it to him because he's a part of this sport, and I don't know how big his voice is there. I'll let you guys do the research on who those people are. They're not getting it right. They're not. It's easy to get the guys right to some degree. They're getting it right with the guys at Rogue Invitational. The question is, did they get it right at the Arnold Invitational? I don't think they did either, and we'll talk about the guys here in a second. But certainly with the women, they didn't get it right. Rebecca Roberts should have been a part of that invite. Now, I know just about every woman that competed in Strong Women, and I love them all. I got no problem with any of them. They all did a great job. I think we can argue tomorrow probably shouldn't have been there now, even though I said on prior shows that she is the she got an invite. She should be proud of that. We shouldn't take anything away from her, and, and I still stand by that. <clears throat> she is. She was offered an opportunity to compete at the Rogue Invita- or the the Arnold Classic, and I'm not going to take that away from her. I, I don't think there's anything wrong, and I think what I was trying to say, and and I'm not backtracking at all here because I told you how I thought she was going to finish. I said this three shows ago. I said that she's probably not going to do well at all, and she's probably going to take dead last, and she did. That's exactly what happened. Um, she shouldn't have been there uh, for that reason, from a competitive standpoint. Now she was brought there to compete and I have no problem with uh, invitationals and the way they work in that respect because we need new blood in the sport and it's always nice to see that was she vetted properly absolutely fucking not she absolutely was not vetted properly tomorrow I'm sure you'll never want to talk to me never want to do an interview with me and and honest to God I I I, I envy or I am a big fan of yours as a power lifter I'm a big fan of yours as what you're good at doing so you know, uh, as I as this is my plea to you, uh, I'm not. I'm just speaking on behalf of the sport here and what we need to see because I don't think you would think any differently about it uh, from the outside in. And you were given an opportunity to compete. And you tried it. It didn't work, and it's not your fault again. But uh, she didn't. She didn't perform well. And there's another opportunity for somebody that could have been there or should have been there that was lost. Now I understand why uh, Rogue did it. Because she's the most popular person out there. And they gave her an opportunity to compete because, A, she's fairly strong. She's a good puller, right? Um, and she's got a huge following on social media. So they're doing what any business would do. They're cutting their losses a bit by what she can bring back, not what she's going to bring to. 
Uh, that's the wrong way to go about strength competitions. It's the wrong way to go about sports competitions in general. doesn't mean there's not a place for her somewhere. Uh, maybe she just done a record breakers again or something like that. She would have gotten just as big of an audience. It wouldn't have taken anything away from the show. But that's not what happened. She didn't do well. So sorry to see that. Um, but everybody else did kind of according to Hoyle. I, I thought that it went kind of the way it was supposed to go. Uh, I think Inez took fourth or Olga took fourth. Inez took fifth, vice versa. I can't remember how that played out. It was very, very close. Um, Andrea Thompson, of course, I, I had her going number two. Um, so, yeah, again, very, very close. I don't think anybody was going to touch Victoria Long when the dust finally cleared. So 2-3 to me was 1-2 in any other category uh, without Victoria in it. Um, I thought Sam Bellevue was a – I'd love seeing Sam. I ran into her and Max prior to the event. She was looking thick as Steve's. I mean, she put some muscle on. She wasn't fucking around. She wanted to uh, do well at this show. Uh, obviously, as a middleweight that was invited to it, I thought she did great, guys. Uh, if you had a chance to watch the show, uh, Sam was fighting an uphill battle there, but she stuck it out. Uh, she was one of my highlights of the show. Uh, of course, all the women did great. Um, I think the only downside of the entire event was that stupid stone throw. Could we never not do that? And any of you amateur promoters out there, that were getting the idea to do that because you thought it sounded cool, please tell me you watched it and you said, oh, fuck that, we're never doing this again because I know Rogue should have never done that event. That was ridiculous. I told you guys it was going to look like a stone plopping on the ground. Everybody thought that stone was going to fly through the air, some great feat of strength, like Superman threw it or something. I don't. Obviously, the strongest men in the world tried to throw it, and they threw it, what, 10 fucking feet? I mean, I mean Tom Stoltzby could just drop that from where he's standing and it should go 10 feet. That's my point. That was a stupid event, and I'm glad it didn't cost, at least I don't think it did. I didn't backtrack the points, but I'm glad it didn't cost anybody a position on the podium, or maybe it did, and, and see, that's a, I don't think the winners would have changed either way, but uh, in any case, uh, yeah, yeah, the stone throw, that's crazy. So shout out to uh, Victoria Long again. Uh, let's get it right next to your rogue when it comes to your invites. There's a lot of women out there that deserve a shot at this. Uh, speaking of which, a woman who's going to get a shot at this next year is Aaron Murray. Aaron won the heavyweight open class. And, you know, um, I'm going to say this. Aaron Murray is a fucking beast. I don't think enough people talk about Aaron uh, as a strong woman, and they need to start. I think she's one of the most talented strong women in the nation. Uh, she's gone down a class to be a champion or to compete high at a high level. She's come up a class to do that. Now she's come up to the open class and prove that she could beat every amateur in the country and uh, get her pro card, and not only that, get an invite now to the uh, Invitational next year uh, at the Arnold Classic. So congratulations, Erin Murray. Uh, I don't think anybody trains harder than Erin. Uh, she's putting it out there day in and day out. I watch her Instagram. Uh, she's a tenacious fighter, and she's always always putting forth 100% effort. So she got exactly what she deserved. And, uh, again, I'm a fan of Erin's. As a strong woman, I think she's an up-and-comer. I think Aaron, at this point, could put on 20 pounds if she wanted to and be one hell of an open heavyweight, or she could drop 20 pounds and be one hell of a middleweight. I, I don't think it matters where she goes. She's going to be athletic, and she's going to be strong. So uh, congratulations, Aaron. You're, you're one of my uh, definite highlights of the weekend for sure. Um, the guys. A little drink of water here. Finish up. Right, guys? The guys, um, Hooper, Mateus, Thompson, or your top three. 
I picked it uh, Hooper Mateus Mitchell, or did I say Mitchell Mateus? I can't remember now. Uh, Mitchell took fourth, I think. I want to say that. Um, to no surprise, Mitch Hooper. Not his sophomore year yet. I know Nick O'Hare. It is his still his freshman year, and I don't think anybody in recent history has had a bigger year than Mitch Hooper when it comes to all the competitions he's done and podiumed at every single one of them. Uh, so that was really special to see, and that's no surprise. Uh, he pulled – I wrote it down somewhere. He pulled 445-pound uh, deadlift perfectly, three white lights. Bobby Thompson won the deadlift with 447. He was roughly, what was that, under 100 pounds shy of the world record. Uh, that's Thor's world record. And uh, uh, Bobby Thompson, uh, shout out to you, brother. I don't know why people don't talk about you more, uh, including myself, because you are a fucking juggernaut. The shit that you do and what you did at that Arnold Classic, if people didn't know who you were going into that show, which I think everybody did, you world record, you know, American log record. You know, this is big of a face and name that you've been in the sport now for the last few years. Uh, they need to recognize you now if they don't. Because in all honesty, you dominated log, you dominated deadlift. Uh, I, I don't know where your weakness is at, Bobby. I, I, I would guess it might be just a little athleticism and going against some of these bigger, taller guys in some of these events. But, man, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I love watching you compete right now. Uh, America's Strongest Man, I was there to see that victory. And I was there to see that third place podium finish. And that was really cool to see. <coughs> Still trying to deal with this cold, guys. And, of course, uh, we got Mateus. And Mateus was an interesting one because he's been off a bit, dealing with a lot of injuries. Nobody knew really what to expect of him, but knew if he was going to come back healthy that he'd have a chance to podium and a chance to win the show. Uh, I agree. I agreed with it. And uh, he performed well, took second place, really had a strong push towards the end. I think it's a new world record timber frame carry, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that was uh, that was fun to see. Uh, Mitch, of course, did a great job in that as well. Anyhow, kind of finished off like a lot of people were anticipating. However, I will say the Stoltmans, no business being there anymore. Listen, I'm – fuck. I, I hate it when I have opinions that suck and people don't like it. You know, see, I try to get along with everybody. I do. I really do. But are the Stoltmans just sort of a – like – like just sort of a fun sort of part of strongman now, or are we really looking outside of the, I guess, you know, Tom winning it two years in a row. What else do they do? I mean, they don't really finish where they, it's almost like they're invited as a package anymore. Wherever Tom goes, Luke goes or vice versa, but I'm not so sure they deserve to be at the Arnold classic. And I say that, and a lot of you guys are going to get pissed at me, but history has kind of proven that they don't really put forth a lot of, is it effort, guys? I mean, what are we seeing out there when it comes to those guys? I know I'll never get them on for an interview now, not like I would or was. But how does the world's strongest man shit the bed at the Arnold? How does he do that? Is it just a fun place to hang out, go to Columbus and not give a shit? I, I think what I'm getting at here is I can think of I can think of a bunch of athletes across the board that deserve a shot to be at the heavyweight level competing at the Arnold Classic and having the opportunity of a lifetime, then not, and I'm not seeing saying the Stoltmans in this case, but for any athlete for that matter, to take a show of this caliber lightly and just like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. 
That's not the kind of competition we want to see. And I feel like we got that a little bit. I really do. Because I'm still scratching my head here. Either A, you don't deserve to be there because you're not qualified to be there, which we can't say that, right? So then what is it? I mean, what prevents you from... I'm not just saying like not making the podium because it was a close call. They were fucking eaten alive. And I don't know, guys. I'm a little bit bitter about the way that our super heavyweight open men's class on the on a national and international level right now is being represented. I think there's a lot of guys out there that deserve opportunity that are being looked over day in and day out. I think it's the biggest travesty and strongman that's not being talked about the least because I think the, a lot of our young, uh, lighter classes have always been given or more in more recent years have been given kind of the, the green light and this big following of, of this big push of support behind them, which I myself have been part of. And the super heavyweight class, that open class, has kind of just been left in the dark. And it shouldn't be. I mean, we have some great super heavyweight open guys in America that deserve a shot at, at competing at this level. But if they don't get to the Arnold and they don't get to the Rogue, or excuse me, Rogue, or they don't get to World's Strongest Man or they don't get to Giants, who the hell is representing these guys out there? And I don't know Colin Bryce. I'm not going to get in his business. I don't know. But he's got his top 10 guys. He's going to put them everywhere he goes. So what about every other motherfucking super heavyweight in this whole sport? Where do they compete? Don't tell me America's strongest man. Don't tell me, um, I, I don't know, the Rainier or the or the well, uh, Gabe Pena show from last, the Beerstone. Don't tell me that. Those are all great shows, but those are not high-level shows that represent that open heavyweight class like it should. We see the same old faces over and over again. Yeah, and they perform well. I get it. They all perform decent. But don't we want to be wowed a little bit? You know who wowed me at that show? Tom Evans. Tom Evans. Fifth place. He gave it every fucking thing he had. Why did he do that? Because last year he won the Arnold Amateur. This year he's standing up there with giants. And he's a giant himself. And he's been given an opportunity to to just do something he never probably thought he'd have a chance to do. And he let it all hang out. I respect the hell out of that guy. And I talked to him on the elevator uh, after the first day of competition. Uh, He was on cloud nine because he was doing something that every one of us out there would love to have the opportunity to do in the strength community. And there's more guys like Tom out there. I I can go on and on and on about all all the guys that I can name off. It's time to start giving those guys a fucking opportunity. And I'm sick and tired of seeing the same old faces that give us the same old content. You know, that's all I'm saying. And these are all great athletes. I'm not knocking them at all. Some of them surprised me more than they surprised me any other year. Rob Kearney, I had no clue Rob Kearney was going to do what he did. Rob, you cease to amaze me sometimes. World's Strongest Gay, by the way. I don't know if anybody knew that. I'm kidding. Everybody knows that. The World's Strongest Gay. I like you because you're a strong man, by the way. Not that I don't like you because you're gay. I'm just saying. I think you're an amazing strong man. What you did up there, ah, fuck, that deadlift. Nobody hitches it better than Rob Kearney, I'll tell you right now. Uh, very strong. And that blog press, very strong. Um, so, you know, there are guys that I get that you don't see compete off of that do very, very well. But it just would be nice to see some fresh faces. I'm not suggesting Rob should have shouldn't have been there. I'm just throwing out an example there. I mean, of course, again, then he performs, right? I mean, so, you know, it's, I get it, guys. It's an enigma to some degree. I just think the super heavyweights in general are being left out. Um, and that, to me, is a, is a shame. I think more people need to be included in some of these bigger competitions, at least be given the opportunity to. Maybe not one spot. How about three? 
Is that is that asking too much? Seven of your favorites, and then or the what the so-called favorites are out there, and three new guys. What's wrong with that? And they're certainly capable of doing the weight that these guys are doing. There's no doubt about that. I was at America's Strongest Man. Those motherfuckers could press a lock. I'll tell you right now. There are several of them that could get the job done. Of course, we see some of the – Trey was there, of course. So was Bobby, but there were other guys as well. All right, I'm sorry. That was a rant. And that was no knock on any of those – I know they're going to take it that way. If they ever heard the show, not that I think they would fucking care to listen to my show. But if they did, don't have thin skin. Do not have thin skin. I'm not a hater. I just think there's a different way to look at these sports sometimes, and you just have to do it. And one thing about the strength community and strongman in particular, and even powerlifting for that matter, I could talk about that all night too if I had something to say about powerlifting, which I will this week but not tonight. Um, things need to be said. People are afraid to say them out there because everybody's afraid everybody's got thin skin and they're going to somehow be shunned or they're not going to be liked or – not be invited to a show or, you know, they're not going to be one of the people that they support maybe won't like them anymore. Fuck all that. Say what you got to say. That's the way these sports grow. That's the way we all have conversation. We have opinion. We start a conversation. We start talking about things, and that's when change starts happening. We can't just stay quiet about this stuff, guys. It's not what we – we're not meaning to insult or offend anybody. It's just things that just have to be said. I – and, I, and listen, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one thinking that. I didn't talk to anybody. I'm just saying that I know some people are out there right now going, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because I think it's pretty obvious. Oh, one more thing on Strongman. Well, two more things. Let's talk about this real quick. Victoria Long, deadlift, loved it, uh, 641 pounds, world record. She is the sole world record holder. Despite what the judges say, Tamara Wilcott did not lock that out. I will not get in a conversation about that today. Everybody saw it. That's all that needs to be said about that. Go watch the video. It was bullshit. They gave her something they shouldn't give her. Another example of standards in the sports. Shout out to you, uh, world's strongest opinion and strong personalities. We've had this conversation. Where was the standard and the judging in that deadlift? It was non-existent. Victoria Long, you are the champion, and you are the record holder in the elephant bar deadlift. Strong man. Love-hate relationship right now. Nick Camby, great fucking job. I don't care seventh place. I don't t- Day two, brother. Um, there ain't nobody wants him more than this guy. He's proved it in his 105 class. He won every fucking title he can win. There's other guys like that in the 105 class. Talking to you, Andrew Clayton, you're another one of those guys that is not letting anything stand in his way right now. Um, Nick Camby, you did a great job. Uh, Nick's first year uh, at the heavyweight, well, I think he competed there once before. But making an effort to get on the uh, rogue stage next year, that was his pathway. He's done enough in the 105 class. Now he wants to kick ass uh, in another class and be recognized on another level of the sport. He was close. And don't count that guy out. He's just getting used to that body weight he put on, trust me. Uh, I suspect he's going to get even bigger and faster next year. Uh, and we might see Nick Camby make a run at that rogue stage uh, in 2024, right? Yep, 2024. Uh, Oscar uh, Zolikowski won it. Uh, guy from Poland. Uh, that was nice to see. He was just, he was crying up there. He was just so beside himself that he he won the heavyweight open class. Uh, I think it resonated with everybody watching him. It meant the world to him. He put out, uh, you know, just a lot of emotion when he won that award. 
and he'll be there next year competing against all those big guys we just talked about. So there'll be a new face uh, in the heavyweight open class uh, at the Arnold Classic, and uh, this guy's got some ability for sure. Uh, those guys are moving around some heavyweight, and this guy's got some growing to do. I'll tell you, I saw him in the back. He's a giant man, but you could tell he's got some growing to do. So uh, he'll be fun to watch. Lucas Hatton, by the way, Lucas Hatton lost to Oscar by 16 hundredths of a point. So Lucas, brother, I know what you're thinking. Can it get any worse than that? Um, the answer is no. So you're only going up from here. At this point, you're going to be in line to win that crown, as I suspect you will, or you'll get there another way this year. Uh, and I can't wait to see you do it because Lucas is another example of somebody in that class that needs an opportunity as soon as he gets his pro card and as soon as he's ready to compete at that level. And and that's what we want to see, right? That's what I was just talking about. Let's not forget about these guys that win this shit every year. They're giant men, strong men that deserve a chance to compete at a high level when you give them more opportunity. Um, Bill Kendall, 105 class, just lost a friend of mine. Controversial speaking, I don't know. Maybe a rep was missed. Maybe it wasn't. I heard it both ways. Uh, I'll let you go back and judge that. Uh, Bill, I'm, you know I'm a big fan of yours, brother, so I got no doubt you're going to do whatever you want to do in this sport anyhow. Uh, you're just uh, you're still green behind the – what do I say, green behind the year. I mean, there's a lot of – there's a lot of growing left uh, in your in, in your body. And you saying a 105 is the biggest problem I see. Uh, you're going to be putting on some weight. So uh, your biggest problem is going to be cutting that weight, I think. Uh, and you're going to be a guy to reckon with year after year after year. Uh, who else? I think that's it. I met Joe Moss. I love Joe. California. Soft-spoken guy. 400-pounder. Another big super heavyweight guy. I love those guys. I tell you, I love them. I don't I don't do enough with them and I need to start doing more with them. So shout out to you, Joe. Um, uh, what else we got? Uh I was uh, actually given the opportunity, uh one of the coolest things that happened to me at this show. I was given um well, let me tell you the story. I went out to dinner with some friends of mine, uh, Hamza and Kara. They're newlyweds. Or no, I'm sorry, they're engaged. Um her white her her parents, of course. Um and then my friend Todd Whitting, IFBB Pro, and his girlfriend, Leah, all went out to uh, dinner one night. I think it was Friday night. And my friends, uh, before I'd left, uh, Hamza and Kara said, hey, can you hang out a minute? We got something we want to ask you. And, of course, I was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, what do you got? You know, like, I'm thinking, what could it possibly be? I can tell you right now, it wasn't, I would never guess in a million years. So Kara and Hamza decided to uh, ask me, for whatever reason, apparently I am I talk well, I'm, I'm a bullshitter anyhow, I'm not afraid to say what I got to say, I'm kidding, it's not, listen, it's not going to be anything like that. They want me to officiate their wedding for them, which I thought was really, really cool. They want me to marry them. So I'm going to be uh, getting my ordained minister's license, and uh, I'm going to be marrying my bodybuilding friend Hamza, who competed in the Arnold Amateur, and his beautiful fiance Kara, and that's in October, and I get to become an ordained minister and marry these guys. And I'll tell you that wedding's going to be full of muscle. So I couldn't be in a better spot to marry my first couple and more than likely my only couple, unless I just make a thing out of this, right? Call myself the, the minister of mass or the preacher of the posterior chain. I'll come up with all these different titles or something. Uh, but I was just, in, uh, just so taken back by that. It was a great honor that they've, uh, instilled upon me to marry them. 
Uh, and uh, it just was one of the, if not the highlight of the weekend for me. Honestly, that was number one. Uh, Mark and Melinda were number two, and the rest of it all was number three. Because, uh, again, it's all about the people in all these sports and the relationships that we build and you know the things that we get to be a part of. It's all about the people. In the end, it's all about the people. Uh, so thank you guys for uh, giving me that opportunity to be a part of your lives forever, I guess. We'll make history together, marrying you. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll find some way to have some fun with that, uh, with these podcasts leading up to that as well. Um, we'll get Hamza on again. And uh, we'll probably get him and Scott McNally on. As a matter of fact, I've been trying to get Scott on forever. He's always dodging me. Quit dodging me, Scott. Fuck. <coughs> All right. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a great way to finish the weekend for me. I think everything else for the weekend went according to Hoyle. You know, the firefighters at the strongman thing was a very cool thing to watch. It was really cool to watch, like, as well as the strongman stuff, or the, excuse me, the uh, the wheelchair stuff was. Um, it was fun to watch because these firefighters, again, we, we just appreciate things. I think we all do. I mean, first responders, you know, we hear that an awful lot. I don't think we, a lot, enough of us think really what that means and really how, what that should mean to all of us. Uh, and I kind of maybe catch myself doing that from time to time as well. But being at this show and watching these firefighters and the crowd that they drew, 7,000 strong, watching them compete, um, I thought it was fantastic. And it just, again, it was just a proud moment. You know, and sometimes you watch things, not proud because it had anything to do with me or anything. I just felt proud for, you know, these guys and what they represented up there and what they were a part of in real life. I felt proud that we had a big American contingency up there and these guys were true and true red, white, and blue. Um, and I love that. I love that about, you know, that type of thing. And it just resonates with me. And I was just, uh, really enjoyed that and watching that. And Arnold was a big part of that as well. He, um, I'll drink water. He was up there for the last event the entire time. He bestilled a bunch of medals to these guys, these, these commemorative medals at the end of it. He awarded the uh, prizes to the winners, of course, and uh, was a big part of the pageantry of that because he actually started that event in Santa Monica like 25 years ago. Back when Strongman was in his infancy, uh, Arnold actually started that at the Santa Monica Pier. So this really has uh, some history with Arnold as well. So he tries to be a part of that particular event every year when when it's there at the Arnold Classic, which it is annually. And, uh, again, it was just awesome to see. I was at that expo stage right beside it, so everything was front row to me, and I just thought how cool it was. So, again, uh, that was another thing that probably I don't want to overlook and worth mentioning. Um, I got kind of – you guys remember that thing I did last week where I said uh, nobody wants to see that? And I went on this rant about, you know, pictures in the gym or whatever. So I posted out there that I want to hear what everybody's got to add to that. Culturally, gym culture – what don't you want to see? And I got about 50 responses from that. I had a ton of people respond to me that wanted to uh, lend their thoughts to that, which I thought was cool, and we're going to do that on the next show. I'm going to do a show on Monday because I want to do a re- just a regular show. This is sort of my Arnold breakdown here. But I did see something at the Arnold <laughs> that, um, yeah, it, it definitely, you don't want to see this. You just didn't want to see it. Nobody wants to see it. It was, it was, it was just... There might have been two things. I'll give them both to you in the next show. So that's a little cliffhanger for you right there. But short of that, uh, it was a great show. I had a great time. Uh, representing ADL was a 
was a great opportunity. So thank you, Don and Nancy, again. Uh, and then just being a part of this event in general, like I have with several events over the last couple of years and several of them moving forward. Um, really, I'm there representing all you guys because uh, I'm just trying to put my eyes on it and uh, try to bring back some of this pageantry to all of you through my own lens and uh, hopefully get you guys excited about maybe traveling to some of these events sometimes and being a part of this community on a higher level. I'll tell you that Brothers Bar that I went to that night was a lot of fun, uh, in large part because everybody was there. People that you would see and think you know because you were on social media all the time, and you might DM them or chat with them that way. And over the course of a year or two, you develop relationships with these people without ever even meeting them in person. That bar was really fun for me because, believe it or not, there were a dozen people that I had never met in two years of doing this that I've talked to a half dozen times or more that for the very first time I was able to walk up to them, shake their hand or give them a hug. And that was a real big highlight for me because this community at large, this gym life community, not just strongman, but powerlifting and all the other sports that are a part of that, that were there, by the way, uh, Highland games guys were there. Well, the Highland games guys are there. Strongman powerlifting in particular, the bodybuilders that there were some, I guess maybe there was a good handful of, um, bikini and wellness girls there, which by the way, look great in their nightclub outfits. But, uh, this community is just so awesome that if you ever have an opportunity to go to an after party or be somewhere at these events where you know these athletes are getting together to hang out, to cheer in the success of the weekend and have fun and to meet and greet, because that's essentially what it is. They're opening themselves up to the rest of the public and friends and family to all come together in one place to enjoy the night. Um, you got to take advantage of that. You got to do it. Uh, that was one of the highlights for me over the weekend was getting a chance to see people I haven't seen in a long time meet people for the very first time that I've known but never met uh and it was just a it was just a pleasure uh seeing Hannah of course I haven't seen her since clash last year and Thomas and having a chance to meet for the very first time Melissa Peacock and remember guys I'm a fan too you know I'm a fan first when it comes to all this stuff so these people despite the fact that are close to me now in my circles um I'm a big fan of them still and I'm always going to be a big fan uh, because I root out their success, and I just want to say that I knew them, or I was there when they did it, um, and then you know be forgotten, which is completely fine with me, uh, because more of us need to get to know the personalities in these sports, more of us need to get to know our athletes, and our athletes need to keep doing a really good job of giving other people an opportunity to get to know them, and I hope that's maybe something we can think about going into the rest of 2023 as a way that we can bring not only ourselves into their world spectating these events but these athletes then coming into our world and becoming more familiar and uh you know introducing themselves to the rest of the public out there even if it's just through their social media platform so we can get to know them a little bit better so it was a great experience it was a great show the arnold classic 2023 the book is closed on it moving forward uh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up uh, definitely looking forward to uh, the big year of strongman events and powerlifting, of course, and of course bodybuilding now too. Because you know I'm a I'm a I'm a bodybuilder, you guys by heart. Hey, listen, I'm getting my elbow fixed this week. For those of you out there that know me and know I'm getting this distal tendon reattached, actually tomorrow, tomorrow morning, uh, I got 16 weeks of recovery. I might go in hibernation for a while, find some gym in the middle of nowhere, start my cardio, get my summer body on. Um, Maybe reinvent myself a little bit. 
Of course, you guys all know me every week on the podcast. So without any further ado, stay tuned, stay strong. I'll see you next week. You got any questions or comments, throw me a DM on Instagram, and we'll see you soon.